Hi everybody and welcome to the NSL's podcast. Hope everybody's listening. Joined by two show regulars, Ross and William. How are you? Very All well, right, mate. mate. Very well. And also, as you, see, <laughs> and as you can see, the Boise bus has pulled up to the end of Sal's podcast. How are you, Russell Boyce? Very well, my man. Brilliant to be here. Loving it, mate. Yeah. Loving it. Brilliant to have you on. You're a decent. I do want to, obviously, the listeners and viewers and people who watch and stuff, I want to wish you all Merry Christmas and things. This is our last podcast before the Christmas period. <laughs> But also, is it a bit of a bah humbug kind of podcast after what we've seen last night in terms of the result of Paisley? Nil eats against St Mirren. Pretty dull game and all the first. But I'll come to yourself, Russell, first. We always do like a, a brief summary. How did you feel about it? In terms of last night, I think, you know, it's... Uh, at the end of the day, people could talk about players missing. And there was players missing for us. Not to the extent a team tried to call... A postponement of the match, not once, <laughs> twice. That's how depleted the St. Marin squad was. So the hard done by story doesn't wash for me. I felt plan A didn't work, so we tried plan A again. And I think sometimes it's a crazy thing because whilst I want this loving France to occur because I think it's actually united the support, right? that's a really healthy thing for Celtic. I also think it's created this invincibility cloak that he wears there. You can't just... You, if you say any criticism about the manager now, you're basically told, look at the bigger picture, look what he inherited. I'm like, well, why can't we look at a match, a football match, in isolation? Because when we win certain games, the praise is all there. And mm-hmm. when, when we drop points, such as what we did last night, it's crucial points as well. <clears throat> I just think it's fair to look at it from a prism of, well, can we analyse what the manager's performance was in a fair way? And then, of course, the bigger picture debate can be a separate thing. But in the meantime, in the space of 90 minutes, 95 minutes, 97 minutes, however many minutes we want the game to go on for, we can <laughs> we can look at it and go, do you know what? He could have done this, he could have done that. Without a backlash from your own your yeah. own fan base, basically, who seem to think it's over the top. And I just, <clears throat> I, I felt last night was a wee bit, the, the word I would use is deflating. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because the League Cup win was such a high. It was such a high. It almost felt for me, after the League Cup, it, like the Samirin game will take care of itself, even if we've only got as many, was it 13 first players they had, first team players they had? Yep. Even if we only had that, I just felt the high that we're on, the, the crest of the wave, we'd have been jamming. Sadly, it wasn't the case. And we now go into an earlier winter break than what was meant to be on a bit of a, on a, bit of a dull moment. And I, I think that's really sad because the trajectory the club was on, the team was the team, not necessarily the club, but the team was on, was really, it was full of hope and optimism <laughs> up until last night. So, yeah, I'm a wee bit, Deflated. That's the world. I think as well, you're right to bring up the point, Russell, about the League Cup win. And we touched upon this in the last podcast when we had Andrew on from that Metal Ginger show. And he alluded to the fact it could be a flat line, a banana skin. And it turned out to be that, that way, William. And Russell talks about the love in the hands and you can't criticise and the invis- inv- inv- ah, kind of cloak thing. The invisible cloak. See, I can't say that. Invincibility cloak. Invincibility cloak. Shamble. Shut up, right? But here, this, 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 is, 
But this is the point where I'm coming across to yourself. And can you see why people are reacting this way? Because you're a big Ants fan. We all are in the podcast. Everyone else is. But we have dropped crucial points in a title race where, to be honest, there's no room for error. Yeah, no, I'm all I like what Russell's saying there. I'm totally in agreement with it. Like a game in isolation, I'm all for critique and when, when it like freedom of speech. That's what it's all about. We're all here. We've all got opinions. We're all here to debate. Um, what I can't stand is what I've seen on social media all last night, and it's that the league's done and that's it. The league's over now. That we've we've dropped points there. It's just absolute ridiculous. Uh, I, I I I'm like. Everybody else was very frustrated last night. Like I, I thought, like the team performed well, but it's just that clinical, being clinical in front of goal again. Uh, similar for me to the Livingston game earlier on in the season. It's a, a team that sat with ten men in their own box, pretty much. And uh, <clears throat> when we're talking about personnel, obviously afterwards, I just said now that the, the, these guys weren't available to him. But I, I said to you guys last night in the group chat, I was. I, I'm not so sure. Well, I'm not going to say Kyogre wouldn't have made a difference, but that team sat on the six-yard line, and you're not going to get a man in behind in that because that's a badder's game as well. Even though he's not a striker, he wants to get in behind, and I feel for a badder because he's he, he's taking a bit of pace. There. <coughs> he's he's still a young boy. He's getting played out of position, and he's five foot nothing, and we're getting the ball wide and pinging balls in at six foot height. I mean, what's the what's the boy going to have to do with that? You know what I mean? Uh, so. I think it's a matter of they were they all their defensive unit played a ten out of ten. We were about a seven or eight out of ten. These games happen. We're not going to win every single game. It's a bit deflating, like Russell said after the League Cup win. It was very frustrating to watch, but that's there's millions and millions of points still left on offer. So I'm still full of positivity. It's Christmas time. <laughs> the league's not over. It's only just begun. And uh, I know what Russell's saying, but if you if if we do look at the start of the season, if you told me after that nonsense that happened in the summer that by Christmas we would be six points behind with a game at Parkhead against them in a couple of weeks and a League Cup win, I'm not so sure I would have not taken it. Uh, seen someone tilting his head there in a wee bit, Russell, but... I'll, I'll come to you in a wee minute, but Ross, in terms of, obviously, St Mirren's team, they didn't have COVID issues. I think they started three academy boys on the bench, no first-team appearances between them, apart from the goalkeeper. And certainly going to the game, yes, we were missing key players. Kyogo, Joe Hart didn't start. Jada, the obvious players you're injured at the moment, but surely to God, we have enough to beat a St Mirren team ravaged by COVID issues? Uh, well, ev- evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the... The game itself, I think it, Celtic did break the lines at times and they did create chances. I think there was a St Mirren team who was totally depleted, were sort of galvanised by that uh, and they defended for their lives, they defended really well. Uh, but I think we probably made more chances in last night's game compared to the, the one when we dropped points against Livingston. Better chances. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't like we didn't. Wasn't like we didn't find a way to break them down. We sort of broke the defensive line down at times, but couldn't uh, supply the finishing touch, the better finish, because we've no got the out and out striker there. Uh, so I think that's sort of 
what undone us last night. I don't think we played terribly in the match, but we sort of ran out of ideas towards the end. You could see it started going side to side, side to side, backwards, lumping balls into the box. And they started to do that at Ross County as well, I felt. And they got away with one at Ross County because in the end, one of the crosses, Ralston got on the end. Mm. They, they did not last night. And basically, that's sort of the only difference for the Ross County game, in my opinion. I know we got two goals that night, but um, it was a similar type of game. Uh, and I basically that that basically that's what happened last night. I don't I don't think like like Wally's saying. I think the reaction is some quarters of the fans that the league is over and all the rest. Of it. I, I I said in a previous podcast that draws are not good enough for Celtic, and I, I still stand by that. But when you look at it, <clears throat> Celtic are they're now six points behind Rangers. They would if they'd won last night, it would have been four. They still need to win. You're looking at they would still need to probably win two of the games against Rangers, which would then six points, four points. It still puts us in the same position because I think we've got a better goal difference at the moment. Um, so it, it's no good drawing last night, but it doesn't put us in any worse a position at the moment. But there is absolutely no margin for error now, and we if like we absolutely have to beat them. A draw is no good enough. We have to beat them on the 2nd of February. But then again, that's all about keeping <clears throat> our results up, isn't it? Keeping the wins Aye. going for us. We can't, we can't afford literally no more draft points up until we play them again. We know we said that previously, but it's happened now. And it's even more See clear the, that we can't, we can't drop anything. The, Go ahead. The, the thing is, as well, like I'm saying last night we broke the lines and stuff. At the moment, I think certain games like last night, Celtic are sometimes no finding a way to win them. Whereas whether it be with help with the refs or finding a way on their own, Rangers seem to have they seem to know how to do it in their type of games. That's what Celtic used to be like before last season's debacle, and I think we're just trying to get up to that level again, and we've we've not quite got the quality in the squad just to take us to that next level and just like win games like last night. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. I can, I can see. Russell at the bottom of the screen, he's chomping at the bit to get back in and that fantastic no, shirt no, is no, his. No, 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 no. <laughs> but William, Williams did say that at the start of the season, if he had six points behind Rangers in a League Cup victory, he would take it. And I've seen you kind of shaking your head at us, making a wee expression. What, what would you say to that at the start of the season? I just think that's an unacceptable level to be to be chasing. It's not in a bad way. I, whilst I understand William's sentiment on it, for me, no. I still think we spent, we dwarfed, the, I don't think they spent one pence in the <coughs> summer. I think it was all free transfers. We did still invest in the squad. You know, I think what's important to remember as well is this was a winning team. You know, this was a winning team. I think we'd, I'm trying to think of what the, the record was, but it's, I mean, it's an outrageous amount of games that we'd not drop points other than Livingston. Like, that was one game out of the last 18, 19, I think it was, in the league. We got a something like that. But we were getting, I just felt like, into a winning mentality where we were actually winning games of late very unlike how we've seen Celtic winning games at the start of the season. There seemed to be a bit of a shift where Andrew's being 
I don't know, a bit more streetwise or maybe adapting to the league more or whatever it was. We won a lot of games by the odd goal, by hook or by crook maybe, but the sign of, you would always say, you'd look back out going, champions, the sign that, you know, that you're looking for. Yeah. And I felt, I felt, you know, when you talk about six points behind, <clears throat> I think it's very important what you mentioned there about Rangers. Sevco, delete where appropriate. Don't really like getting into all that stuff. But they're winning games right now at a rate. We have to take that seriously. We can't keep going, oh, but, you know, I'll take four points, I'll take a six points. What is it going to be next? You know, come March. We're still in there, though. It's still mathematically possible. I don't mm. want that to become the, the narrative. You know, I think, I think Celtic, to be honest with you, missed a, a real opportunity. Uh, Against Sibirin, I just think the momentum. You know, with the pendulum, there's a pendulum in Glasgow, you know, and or, or Scottish football, if you like, you know, particularly if you support one of the one of the Glasgow sides. And I felt it was kind of coming back. You know, it was, it yeah. was getting more shades of green on on it. And what actually happened was the League Cup swung it our way. You capitalise, and I don't buy into the excuses. For me. It was just a poor performance. And whilst there was, and I agree with the point that was made, there was more clear-cut chance. I was at that Livingston game. It was dross, right? Utter shite. And the penalty was so fortunate to occur. Obviously, we went and missed it anyway. But last night, the weirdest thing is about even the chances created, if I'm being honest, I never felt that we were going to score. It's hard to explain. And mm-hmm. it did feel in a weird way that see when plan A is not working, <clears throat> don't just keep doing plan A. Sometimes and I, I over the the months, the years of whatever I've I've spoke straight about Celtic for, like I've always said the SPFL is a mad league. It's different, it's a different gravy. It's not the matches don't play out the same way as they do. Brilliant tactics in other leagues. Like if you, if Postecoglou goes to England with one of the best resource teams and installs his style of play, they'll probably do pretty well. But he will be able to like continually through the ninety minutes play his philosophy. Whereas last night he needs to at times jack the philosophy, go against the grain, and do something ugly. And I know people think that's not forward thinking football. That's not how you progress as a club. At the same time, points make prizes. And if you want to progress as a club, you need to be top of the league come the end of the season and win £40 million. In the meantime, and I've used this 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 description quite often about December, it was all about muddling and stumbling our way through mm-hmm. it and picking up maximum points, no matter how. And I felt last night, if it took... I mean, I'm not a manager, right? So I've not got all the answers. But when you see plan A getting done the whole way to the end, you go, well, could you have done something different? Could it have been lumping a a centre-back up front and putting some more direct balls in the box, hoping for, you know, some sort of melee in the the goalkeeper's area and a lucky shot? Like, these things sound so simple. And I'm not trying to make... I get, you know, the job he's got. But I also think when a plan's not working... You have to address it as well. You have to make some sort of change. And the, the another phrase that I coin quite often 
It was my brother who came up with it. Play the fixture. I don't think Celtic quite as proved last night, in fact. They're not quite yet playing the fixture. They're playing <coughs> a philosophy. They're playing Angie's philosophy. And a lot of the time it's brilliant to watch. Uh, I, I'm all on board with it. Other times where you need to go, 80 minutes gone, crucial match, play the fixture. What could we do to change this? So that, I was a bit, I was, uh, just a bit disappointed with, with the result. Well, you've actually, you, you've brought me on to the next topic quite nicely there, Russell. So I do thank you for that. But I mean, <laughs> William, to be fair, Russell makes a point. We all know Vans and his philosophy and style of play. We all can see it. We can see it in the pits, even with the younger guys, academy players coming through. But from what I was seeing last night, the cross balls for me were wasted. Set pieces were wasted. And you, especially towards the end of the game, you had the likes of Liam Shaw on the pitch, Ralston. Surely you could have swapped one of them around to go up top, help out a battle, went on the flick on. It's a bit like big big striker, wee striker, Scott McDonald, Fenegar Hasling type thing. Do you think it's a case of, I know people are saying Anz doesn't have a plan B, but do you think it's a case of this philosophy is what he wants to stick to? Or is he just being <coughs> stubborn in that way? Because I'm, I think like Russell, I would have changed something. I'm, uh, by all means, I'm not telling Ange what to do. Managing Celtic Football Club, he has a tough enough job as it is, William. But you could see that game was just going to, going to shit, really. The, the cross balls, Shaughnessy and Fraser, their centre-backs were clearing them up all day. And surely something had to change in that. I think so. I don't think Ange is going to change his style. Uh, yeah, well... The way he is and the man he is, I don't think he's... Like, he's obviously dead set in this philosophy. But I do totally take on and, and I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think, and I think Turnbull's been getting a lot of stick recently, but I like Turnbull on the team because he does take a pot shot now and then. And I think last night we, we could have done with that. There's times when we were going left to right, right to left, and I'm thinking, McGregor, Rogers, just fucking take a shot. Especially what Russell's saying, all the bodies in the box, you like, you, you never know, could knock in off somebody. Uh, it's a bit similar to Lennon last year, actually, at the end of his tenure, it was just this left down to the left, into the right, mm-hmm. trying to get balls in the box and we just weren't getting anywhere. <clears throat> uh, Ross is right, I think we were a bit of smash and grab against Ross County and it was the same, otherwise um, we wouldn't have, but saying that, against Ross County, I'd, like, I I just, I thought we were going to score, whereas last night, like Russell was saying, it just, it just wasn't happening, I was like, it's just not, we're not, we're not going to get a goal here. And like I said, I feel for a bad adder, I mean, he's getting slated left, right and centre on social media, and he, like, I don't understand what he's meant to do when people are just firing balls in at him and he's five foot nothing, he's not a striker. Um, I agree. I'd like to have seen a few more pot shots and goal. I never really thought about it, but Ralston's been a bit deadly in front of goal in the mm-hmm. air. It's a pretty strong lad. You could have maybe stuck him in there. Uh, I mean, the squad is depleted. Last night, this, this, the subs he's making a... What was it? Taylor for... Yeah, that Dales, was strange. Shaw for... Uh, you know what I mean it's just like for like and there's nothing so yeah it was just one of those nights where just it just it wasn't going to happen but I agree I think there is times where uh, you need to change it up and grind out the results which like Russell's alluded to we have been recently 1-0 wins and last minute goals at Ross County and it has been happening but uh, yeah there can't be much more of what happened last night Unfortunately, it, but it, again, like see, even against see, see, to be fair, see the see the cup final, Kyogo's a difference in it as well. We didn't, I, I don't think we created an awful lot in that game. Thinking back now, it's just two moments of magic for Rogic, Kalmak, and and Kyogo's just both goals were just just his him being a magician. 
there was we never really carved them open. If anything, we probably probably created more in the game last night, but we just not got that that killer, that clinical right. finish at the end yet. January's massive. Yeah. We need to get we need to get guys in in January because we need to have when these guys are out, we need to have somebody else to come in. It's just a shame that the guy, the, the likes of Giacomakis and Ayeti aren't fit. Because I think, like I've said in previous podcasts, I think big Giacomakis could be, with the style of play that Ange plays, him in the box, I, I think he could score goals. So it's a shame that he's injured at the moment, unfortunately. Like half the squad, William, on the treatment yeah. level. The physios, <laughs> the physios definitely kept busy, Tim Williamson. But Ross, it is crazy. With Ross off the back of a fantastic one League Cup final. We've come into this damp squid against St Mirren. And is it a real reaction? Me, personally, I don't think so, because I think that's the importance of the league this season. There's a £40 million jackpot right there at the end of it. Champions League football is guaranteed. The revenue coming in from gate receipts, that type of thing, could set something up for a long, long time in terms of financial health. And for me, games like last night is crucial because we'll probably total up these points at the end of the season. And games like tonight are vital. And for me, as the guys were saying, you could have stuck Ralston up, Shaw beat on even at certain points, break him into the box, trying to get his head on things. It was just missing that killer instinct of a, just someone to take the, the game by the grass of the neck, wasn't it? Aye, it was. Um, I mean, I, I totally agree with the guys. I never really thought about it in the midst of the game, but they, they could have pushed the defender up and it might have changed it. But I just think Ange, like we've alluded to, Totally believes in his ability, believes in his philosophy, and he's he's just not going to step away from that for nobody. He's and I sort of I agree with what you are saying, but I sort of agree with Ange as well in sticking by it because if he keeps pushing it and pushing it, and they keep doing it and they keep doing it, and then he gets more quality in in the next window, and he keeps pushing that like they keep following that same way, they're going to. Like get even better at it and keep learning it and learning it and it'll be totally ingrained and it's going to you can see it it come it's coming good and it'll just it'll just click all the time and games like last night I think with better quality added to the squad plus the guys that are going to come back for injuries because we are absolutely depleted at the minute I just think if he keeps sticking to his principles it will come good. Not all the time, but you're never going to win every single game. And I don't think, it's a thing I'm sort of holding on to as well, is Rangers are not going to win every single game between now and the end of the season. So all is not lost. It's it's a big task and you would rather be top of the league as chasing. Uh, but, I mean, I think if... I think we play Hibs. Well, we're playing Boxing Day. Is that right? Uh, that yeah. game's going Saint ahead, Johnson. eh? Right, right. Yeah. So if we go and win that game, right, you expect Rangers to win at Ibrox against St Mirren, right? But then the next game is obviously after the break, which is at home to Hibs, right? So you, you go and look to win that game, right? So that puts us three points behind Rangers and they don't play it the next day. They've got to go to Pataudry the next day. That's pressure, three points. And if they go and win that game, then you've got to hold your hands up and say, fair play. Rangers are doing everything they need to do at the minute, but let's just try and put them under as much pressure because they've no... This, this Rangers team have no been put under pressure yet. They've no been asked a question. 
and we need to start asking questions instead of doing things like we did last night. And the first opportunity asking a question is beat Hibs after we beat, hopefully beat St. Johnson. And then let's see what they've got going up to Pataudry, a team that they've already dropped points to. That's the first That's the first opportunity we've got to put them under pressure and we have to do it. And then after that, whether they win, lose or draw it with uh, Pataudry, the next game and the next question we have to ask, is it Parkhead? That's all we can do. We have to keep asking questions to Rangers. And if they answer them, fair play. If they don't, then we're in with a shout. Great I think point. sometimes, sorry, see, just wait, like, it's, it's, kind of, it's going to sound like a fashion Andrew bit, but it's not, because like, I'm all for his philosophy and I, you know me, I fucking, I've got pillows with his face on it to cuddle me at night and all rest it, because I love him that much. But I think sometimes, like, uh, Russell's saying about playing the fixture, we are a depleted squad, so some, I think you need to look at what you've got as well. It's all well and good you want to play your philosophy, but like in previous games, Adam Montgomery's never a left winger. He can't do what no. Jota does, so you can't play like he's not going to play the same role. It's not going to work the same. Abada's never a striker, like and so on and so forth. So I do, I do understand what everybody's saying, and I, I do think like you obviously do need a plan. But I mean. If you flip it around, like I said, it's it's a lot like Lennon last year. He had this plan A, and he would we never it never ever worked, but he never ever he never ever changed it, and never went elsewhere. Now I'm not saying that I, that's that's where Andrew's gone because I don't think it is. I think he's a fantastic coach, and uh, he's got all the qualities and the philosophy. Is I mean, the, some of the football we played this year is some of the best I've ever seen at Celtic Park. It's yep. breathtaking to watch. But I think sometimes with the clientele <laughs> you've got, you need to try and maybe shuffle about a bit because especially in that game last night they had every man in their box I've never seen anything like it every man in their own box they're, both their centre-halves the last 10 minutes were like 25 yards for their goal taking the ball passing it right and left like chuck one of them in there why are they exactly. two sitting back sit with one back and and so yeah I totally agree with that there, there needs to be some there should have been some sort of but I mean if Ralston leaps like a salmon and scores in the last minute again, he's, we're, we're, we're sitting having a different conversation here, aren't we? So. Aye, we're talking about how the philosophy worked. Aye, aye. But, I mean, I'm not disagreeing and saying, like, I agree with you guys and putting, like, thinking out the box, going away for the philosophy, sticking somebody up there to change it up a bit, ask another question. But I just don't believe Ange is going to do that. No, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. It's obviously different variations of the game that you can see happening. Maybe a change you would make. And play the fixer. What, one manager I thought done that actually quite well, might be controversial, was Gordon Strachan. Especially in Europe, I thought he played the fixer really well in terms of the lineups and all he put out. So sometimes there is ways of winning a game and seeing a game out. And Ange can maybe take a, advantage of that. I'm not advocating that he changes philosophy. He goes to a 4-4-2, big man, small man up front. Nothing at all like that. Maybe just the last 10 minutes of a game when you're struggling. Just to see, try and get a win. That's that's what we at Celtic yeah. Football see, Club need. And the, the thing is with that fixture last night as well. Like I said, like I, I know there was a couple of moments in the break, but there, there were never ever, there were never, we, our goal was never ever in danger. Doesn't matter if it was Scott being a Barcaston goal. We were, we were never conceding. But don't know, like you could, <laughs> you could have, for example, last night you could have you could have stuck Big Welsh in there with Abada and played the same philosophy. Got it wide, got the balls in the box. You could have played the same philosophy. The, the, the only difference is you're only sitting with one centre half standing on a standing thirty yards rather than two. 
So, I mean, you don't need to change up the philosophy either. You can just change up the formation, if you like. But then see if he does that. See if he puts Welsh up there and then they hit us in the break and we've got (laughs) one defender back. He's slated for... What are you putting fucking Welsh up front for? You know what I mean? And leaving the susceptible to the counter-attack. So he's in a, a... Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Fair enough. But right, wide men. We were speaking about Johnson there, Russell. And... Is he a scapegoat or is he deserving of the criticism? I've seen a lot of it online. Me, myself, I think his time's run out at Celtic. I think he should be put out on loan to see if he can make it like around Christie did, come back, bulk up a bit, and maybe he can find his chance that way. Otherwise, if this is the way it's going to keep going for him, I think he should be out the door. I'd, personally, for me, I don't think he offers much. I, it's, yes, sometimes he comes off with the odd bit of brilliance, but that's very, very rare. Last night, he took on his man a few times. He had that shot in the first like five minutes. He took on the man at the left-hand side and he cut in and he shot at the keeper, went straight to the keeper. But what do you think of this kind of Johnson thing going on online? I know some of the things I have seen have been quite fair, to be honest, and kind of directed to him, things of insults and all that. That's not nice. But in terms of the player focusing on the footballer himself, I personally don't think he should be at Celtic Football Club. I, I think it's a wee bit too far, if I'm honest. I, I just When was the last time you seen Mikey Johnson fully fit with the runner games? This isn't a run of games he's in right now. It's not a run of games. How many starts has he had in the last month? Two. Something like that. You know, he, he, his injuries haven't helped him. The Lennon incident getting told to F off didn't help him because he actually became a scapegoat and all that. And I see actually parallels with how the Celtic fans used to treat James Forrest eight, nine years ago. One of your own, easy target, looks greedy, Rabbit in the headlights, all these sort of terms. I mean, if we're putting last night on Mikey Johnson, then I'm sorry, but I find that a wee bit desperate, if I'm honest. I I, I don't think that was... On. In fact, yes, he makes mistakes, and he does. I felt last night, for the second match, you know, I've watched him, the first half, he was trying to take responsibility. He was trying, and maybe he's got ideas above his head. Maybe he thinks he's better than what he is, but we're holding him to account on that so bad. Where the, the flip it and you look at it and you go, Do you know what? How come no one grabbed the game by the scuff of the night last night? How come no one tried something unique? I think Mikey Johnson's right now the whipping boy of Celtic. And I think the narrative is a bit, I guess, actually, really, it's really deflating when I think about when you consider any criticism of the manager, it's all deflected on the bigger picture. Well, can we look at the bigger picture of Mikey Johnson? 89 starts, or 89 appearances, sorry, he's made for Celtic in four and a half years. Hey, didn't expect me to have that stat. But, hey, <laughs> well, not a stat, no. I just randomly checked it last night. Uh, 89 appearances in four and a half years. Tell me that's a guy, you know, Who's fit a lot, you know? He, he, don't but again, Russell. Look at the... Does does that not kind of injury issues, injury prone? Do I mean does that need to go out on loan, get a bit more experience at a different club, try something new, and see if it works for him? Because it's not working for him at Celtic at the moment. Like, well, I think the loan option is very, very valid. But I think come January, it'll be very interesting to see how our board, who are, you know, still promoting from within right now, as we speak today, Mark Nicholson or. Michael, whatever he's doing, Jack Nicholson, he may as well be called, you know what I mean? Because he's a joker. And that is the thing. These idiots get these positions of power because they're promoted from within. 
right? So when people think change is happening at Celtic, they're basing it all on one guy, Ange Postacoglu. Yep. Trust me, come January, maybe the reason the media has been fed the stories about the three Japanese boys are because they're done deals. Because Celtic tend to leak their stories to the tabloids, in case you haven't noticed. Celtic, yep. that's how we found out about a lot of big stories in the last 12 months, was through the tabloids. So maybe those three have done it dusted. Why are we all hanging our hat that they're then going to further back them in the rest of January when they've not done that for over a decade? It's quite a scary thought. Now, Mikey Johnson, you want to chase them out the door? Well, hang on a minute. There better be the three guys from the J-League identified and signed, and there better be another three or four in before I consider remotely loaning, selling anyone else. And I do agree with the the concept of loaning out Johnston in theory, because I think he could do a Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie yeah. was 23 and a half, I think it was, when he came back. Sounds like a toddler. You know, when you were young at primary school, you'd say you were like nine and a half. Like, where's the half come from? I don't know why I said that. But Ryan Christie came back a man. He came back a man. He had bulked up and he'd been top dog in his side. And that gave him the corners, like with the corners. When he came into the team, he grabbed his opportunity because his confidence was back. And he'd probably done a bit of tough love. He didn't expect when he signed for Celtic to be out alone at Aberdeen. You know, he yeah. thinks, he probably thought it was the dream. Mikey Johnson might be right now thinking, I'm living the dream. Maybe a loan move to any other top flight club. Top flight only though, by the way. Has to be yeah. a top flight club. Mm-hmm. Might, do, might do him justice. But until we find out where we stand come the end of January, Mikey Johnson goes fucking nowhere for me. Like... Right. He, he can be the whipping boy all he wants but as we all know the reason he is getting compared to Jota right now is because he's the only option to Jota so until that squad depth increases and this to think about it on a bigger scale is the excuses we're given for every shape performance they've not got squad depth so until Ange has that squad depth we can then maybe look at Johnston perhaps do a loan move but I, I don't personally feel that he is performing to the level he's capable of. I also don't mm-hmm. believe he is performing as badly as is made out. I think he's trying things they are not coming off. I think there's a bit of, what is it, a boxer? Is it ring rust, they call it? Ring I think there is a bit of that. I think there is a bit of that. And I think right now it's time to back off Johnston. We didn't lose against St Mirren. But if you read Twitter last night, You'd have thought Mikey Johnson cost us three points at somewhere in. And that, to me, is far removed from the truth. And Don't get me wrong, Russell. I, I understand where you're coming from. But for me, the bigger pitcher, as you said, he's not reliable. He's injury prone. He gets around the team. He gets injured. He's out for another six weeks, 12 weeks. Comes back again. Yep. He looks he looks decent. Then he just breaks down again. That's why I suggest that maybe a low move, bulk him up. Much like Derek McInnes did for Ryan Christie. He worked wonders on him, Ross. And... I know yourself, you're not a big fan of Mickey Johnson, but in terms of what you've seen recently, I know my stance on it may be a bit, I know William's laughing because he, he thinks he knows what's coming here. I mean, 
Me, my stance may be a bit hardcore saying he shouldn't be at Celtic Football Club, but that's just based on the years he's been there. I've seen <laughs> brilliant things from him. I've seen him score absolute wonder goals, cutting in from the left-hand side. But it's just not regular enough, and Celtic need players they can depend on. And unfortunately for me, Johnson isn't quite that. But we don't have anyone else, though, Stephen. Sorry to jump in, but <laughs> right at this moment in time, like, who, who, are, we, who are we playing then? Tell me, like, well, like, as you said, you said earlier, Adam Montgomery left wing is a disaster. Or something like that. Well, William said that. But Adam Montgomery left right. No, no, he's not. So, we have to make a mind that eventually you go, right, he's not the ideal option, but until I see a squad assembled that is viable candidates, we can't be chasing a guy out the door. It's just, it's like, let's get the process right here. We get players in, we recruit, because the squad, we've been told all season, any shite result, we've been told it's because... Andrews, oh, he's so limited with the squad. Fair enough, I agree with it to an extent. But also, you can't then say, let's chase out someone like Mikey Johnson, who, and Postecoglou, is picking on a regular basis right now, and clearly, to an extent, likes what you're seeing off him. Stephen, I'll jump in. Give, <laughs> give me your two-piece worth. Stephen, don't let me ask you a question quickly, right? Because I like I'm not like I've not been a big Michael Johnson basher. I don't think he has been. He's obviously n- not in a great run of form. But in the lead up to the cup final, we played Ross County. Montgomery was left wing, and we sat in a podcast, and I was like uh, talking about the weekend and saying, "I really I, I, like hopefully we have players back for the cup final, right?" So see when you've seen that Mickey Johnson was playing left wing in a cup final. Were you happy about that? Or did you think oh, I'd rather have Montgomery in there? Uh, that's not really a, that's not really a thing for me. I think Johnson's the obvious he's the obvious left winger within the squad. So I mean, Russell's right while he says he's the only option in terms of Jada. But the way I look at it, it's, it might be a simple narrow-minded point of view. I just don't think he's done enough to earn or warrant the stay at Celtic. And I'm not on the bandwagon of saying he's absolutely rubbish or shite or he shouldn't play football or pull on the hoops again. But he needs to pull the finger of his arse. That's my honest opinion. And I'll come to you, Ross, because you can speak on this too and kind of maybe back me up. We'll never know. But what, what what's your kind of thoughts on this? Well, I've said it previously that Mikey Johnson has shown glimpses and we can see that there is talent there. He can skin guys. At, well, no, right now, not as and when he wants, but in the past, he's, he's put guys in their arse. He's made them look silly. But right now, at this moment in time, for, for whatever reason, Mikey Johnson... Isn't he doing it in a Celtic top? And at this moment in time for me, he doesn't look good enough to be a Celtic player. But not for one second, and I fully agree, not for one second am I saying, like I think a loan spell probably would do him good, but not for one second am I saying, do it at the start of January before we know who we're getting in because that would just be madness. Absolute madness. We're relying on him now albeit he's not putting in the performances. But I think for previous podcasts a number of weeks ago, he was like really, really poor. Each performance, I think you can see him getting slightly better, and slightly better again. I think he had a good performance. I can't mind what game it was now. It was the other week. I don't know if it was Ross County. I can't mind. But he was all right in glimpses. And then last night again, I don't think he was all that bad. He wasn't any worse than anybody else on the park last night. 
And again, I thought he showed glimpses, like you alluded to, that one we cut inside. He beat three guys and he had a shot. It wasn't the best shot. But he, he tried to do something different at that moment. So I'm no bashing Mikey Johnson. He's no doing it in a Celtic jersey right now. And I think a loan spell would be great for him. But like we need we need reinforcements before I fully agree with Russell on that. We need reinforcements before we put guys like him that we're fully relying on right now out on loan. Yeah. I mean again <coughs> play against one there guys, so thanks for that. Ross, you no, probably no, changed no. your tune. <laughs> no, I never changed my tune. I still don't think he's good enough right at this moment in time. His performances He's he's not good enough. He's he's he, look, he doesn't look like a Celtic player. But in his defence, we each performance, we each appearance, his performances are getting better slightly each time. So mm-hmm. that's all I can really say in the guy. I, I... Ross, we can't have it both ways, can we? We can't say Ange Postecoglou's got one hand tied behind his back because of squad shortages, because of injuries. And because it's not his fault about the transfer window, yada yada, and then go at the same time, a guy's regularly picking, we're going to chase at the door come January. It doesn't add up. It's <laughs> just nonsense. And right now what you're watching is a guy becoming a whipping boy. And I'll tell you one of the biggest reasons behind it is because no one right now wants to say the manager does anything wrong. Right? I can't. I am I'm not. A, I am I not. Would. I would. Do you know where I'm coming from, though, right? If you yeah, yeah. look across the board, like... Ah, I know. Maybe it's about, this might be a majority on a podcast, but just... <laughs> <laughs> it's not... The, 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 the manager, for me, has done 90% of things right. He gets 10% wrong. You say the 10% wrong, you're an anti-Ange guy, you are completely not looking at the bigger picture, yada, yada. And if that's the case, fine. Mikey Johnson, who's looking at the bigger picture of his Celtic career so far? And where he's at right now? I've just done it. I, I know. No, 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 no. I know. No, no, no. It's not even you, mate. No, I know. I know. Do you understand? It's like, you look at Mikey Johnson. Imagine if Mikey Johnson was offered the Ange cloak. You know, and going, do you know what, Mikey? You've had a tough time. Your situation's been unparalleled. Your career for your age has been ridiculous. You were abused by a manager live on camera. You were then out for another 12 months. You're only 20, you're 23. You've been involved in the squad for four and a half years. How unfair is it that you made your first ever Old Firm Derby game or Glasgow Derby? Jeez, so, uh, at Ibrox up front, sold up the Swanee. We could all look at those factors and say, do you know what? He's been dealt an unfair hand. But you're not allowed to say about Mikey Johnson. But Ange Postecoglou fucks up the other night. He does. He messes up. He didn't get it right. He lost He lost points, vital points in the league. And yet he's always got an unfair hand in the bigger picture. Mikey Johnson, honestly, you think, honest, I just don't think he gets a fair crack of the whip. And I think it's actually a wee bit depressing because Celtic supporters like to kid on and myself included, that we want to promote <laughs> from within. Oh, I'd love to see, you know, guys come from within. But they're the quickest to be caned. James Forrest being the, honestly, such a strong example, I feel, to mirror where Mikey Johnson was. You know, 
eight, nine years ago, and I'm guilty of it, by the way. Don't think Maybe. I'm saying this all aloof. I, I was... Well. I think uh, James Maloney as well. Maloney. Maloney was especially. I, that's a brilliant especially. point. Maguire. And, and I think James Forrest, I look back at it now and I go, what was it I seen the start? He was, he's on 99 goals and 98 assists or something in a Celtic right. shirt. And that's a guy that really only started getting our respect once Brendan Rodgers managed him. But, but he was doing plenty before then. We just, I just think, I don't want us to get too quick to jump on a bandwagon when we're not willing to do the same for others who underperform, whether that be within the team or the manager. Yeah. I get I get I get you're all saying I mean that Mickey Charles that triggered you all. Fantastic to watch, boys. But we were talking about we were talking about um we were talking about squad depth, William, and that's that's a key area in January needs needs addressed. But squad depth, what is it for Celtic? Is it signing these three Japanese players plus the possibility of getting John on the permanent deal that we've been all is going to happen and then letting three French players go? Or is it the case of bringing in three and shutting up shop and not letting any players go? Because I, I firmly believe what Russell said. I don't think after these Japanese boys, unless a loan move becomes available for an English guy who's out of favour, nothing else will happen during the window. Yep. So it's, it's a bit concerning when you look at it, William. If we sign these three players and with the possibility of yetting out the door, Barkas, then types of players, it just leaves us in the same position, doesn't it? Yeah. And I, I, we touched on it on our pod when, I think it was the day after the transfer window, actually, and on the last day we had we had Edward and Christie go, didn't we? And, and we brought the guys yep. in. And I, I, I said at the time, well, it's it's not even about Ed, like two top players gone. It's about all we've done is replaced two and we were already short. Uh, but they I were mean, two guys that didn't want to be at the club. And no, no, we no. Got no ready, they, need, we got ready. Uh, that that was a negative sign for the definitely, squad. Definitely needed to turn him to go. But for me, we needed two more in. Then it's not. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't it be about replacing players that leave. It should mm-hmm. be about adding to the squad. And uh, that's what we need to do in January. I, by the way, I do think there are a couple of French players that we could we could let go. I think there's a. <laughs> I think there's players stealing a wage in this team. To be honest with you, I, I still don't understand the McCarthy deal. Um, no. I don't know what he's he's brought to the team so far. Uh, it's, it's a shame because he obviously is a player, but we're not seeing it. We've not seen any of it, and he's still not playing for whatever reason. He's obviously injured again. Um, but we definitely need to add to the squad and not lose. I think tying up Jota's massive. I think that's obviously number one on our list. Um, but yeah, we we need to add to the squad and not lose any. First team players. Let's put it that way. Or second team players. <laughs> <laughs> B team. Because, C because team. I like to say, because I like to say, and and this is going to. It sounds like I'm bashing Montgomery, but I mean, it's, for me, Montgomery's a left back. He's never a left winger. He's getting shoehorned in again, getting a bit slated because of that. Um, we're we're shoehorning players where they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. A, a bad as another one. Years. If, I know, Abada, I feel so much for Abada because he's, again, like Mickey Johnson, he's getting it fucking left, right and centre and I think there's a proper player there. He's just moved to this country. He's a young boy and um, he's getting it absolutely slaughtered. Uh, so, yeah, we need to bulk up the squad. I mean, I mean that's it's just plain and simple. Whether it is these three guys and we do look at a couple of viable loan options, I'm not a massive fan of the loan market. 
we fall in love with guys and then they're away again at the end of the year. Um, but if it means to it means we bulk up the squad, then I mean, so be it. As long as we're getting as long as we're getting players in, because I mean, when you look at the first eleven last night in Ross County, you're you're thinking, geez, oh, where's our where's where's our players? There's two on left backs, left backs at left wing and wingers up front, and that it's just it's not it's not great, is it? It'd be uh, great if you I'm... could just remove hamstrings like appendixes, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Ross, William makes a great point. We do need to beef up the squad. Squad to have a final issue because we can't keep using the same excuse until the end of the season. Oh, we're short numbers here, short numbers there. At the end of the day, it's up to this questionable Celtic board to keep the, the players in until we bring maybe five or six. But do you trust that to happen? Or do you think there's going to be players <clears> gone and it's a case of what we've done with Edward and Christie and just replace them. Like first team players. I but you like first... beef up the squad. Yeah. I, I I don't think like out of our strongest eleven, I don't think we'll let anybody go in this next window. I can't see well no, I can't see it. <laughs> um I, I I just think it would be madness. It would be for want of a better word, suicidal in this title race if you let any of our uh, first team players go. Uh, I can't see that happening. I think it's the worst kept secret in the world. These three Japanese guys are going to come in and whether they'll do more business on top of that later in the window, I don't know. Um, but I think well, I'm not sure if they will do any more than that. It remains to be seen. But I think Defensively, we've we've got enough cover uh, at the moment. Just if Julian comes back, it's even better. But we don't know when that'll be. We've got Scales and Taylor at left back. Juranovic can come in there. We've got Ralston and Juranovic at right back. So I think that can see us through. I'm not saying that that's who maybe in the summer who we might add to that again, but I think this window, we've alluded to it before, everybody's fully aware of it, that it's very hard to get deals done in the January window, certainly when you're wanting to be bringing guys in that are going to make your first 11 better. Yeah. Not just, we, we might, you might get a, a couple in that might bolster the squad, but I don't think on top of the three Japanese guys we'll get players that will make the first 11 better. Um, as far as the midfield goes, I think we we probably could do with another maybe centre midfielder in there. But I think again that possibly could be a deal that might get done in the summer, eh, because the guy that we bring in there, I think would maybe again you you would want it to maybe be a first eleven player, eh, mm-hmm. a striker. I think probably a yeti might go in the next window. Eh, you don't know, but it, it depends. I, I think Celtic will probably want to get somebody in if he does go. So it depends if we can get someone, because you're not just want to bring in, get rid of a Yeti and just bring in another, another Yeti. You want to bring in quality. So aye, it's you can't predict the future, but certainly I think the Japanese guys are going to, going to come in and they're going to help us 
a lot eh, and add to what is already a squad full of pretty good players, certainly the first 11, but we need mm-hmm. to get that first 11 fit and playing. I, I, I can't mind, I've said it before, I can't mind the last time we went into a Rangers game and had a full quota of players available. Yeah, and great point. Uh, 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 like they, I don't think we've won. I don't think is it seven games now we've not beat them. Aye, something probably, like seven, probably what four of the games were in front of no fans. The other three, including the four that I've mentioned, we didn't have a full squad. Whether it be COVID injuries, Rangers have been yeah. very lucky. They've they've always had a full squad, so. As much as they've done well and you can't take away what they achieved last season in the league, they've still, I'll go back to it, they've still not been asked a proper question. And we need to get into a game against them and get a run of games with a full quota of players. And it's just not happening for us now. We're just going through a spell. And we've said that try and get to January unscathed. We've not done it. We've drew. It's a gutter. But I, it's, it's, I don't know. But I, no, I hope the reset because I can see where you're coming from in terms of the injuries. I can't remember. I mean, we're playing Maggie Johnson up front at one point under Rogers against Rangers, and it was just shambolic. But again, mm. Maggie Johnson coming into the conversation, Russell. But you kind of kind of came at me when I said that, that Johnson should be let go. But without the squad depth, you can't really consider it. I get where you're coming from. But what does squad depth look like for you? Because I'm much of the belief as William and Ross. You can't just let players go and replace them. We need to add on top of that. Yeah, I mean, right now at the end of the day, we're six points behind our rivals mm-hmm. for a £40 million jackpot. So if anyone thinks the first team's... Anyone in that first team's irreplaceable, they're far wrong. You build from strength. You don't get complacent. You don't think David Turnbull, Tom Rogic are the answer. You get better than them, and then you push... Hopefully, I would like, because I like both those players, to see them then like, engage in yeah. that competition and become better players as well. I always remember Bobby Petter, Celtic, right? Shine. Mark O'Neill. <laughs> Mark O'Neill turns him into this. He was, like, he was just this unbelievable winger. And what did O'Neill do to Bobby Petter? Within five months of Bobby Petter feeling he's on cloud nine, brought in Alan Thompson. Mm-hmm. And he basically was saying, hey, <laughs> well done. Well done on getting in, by the way. And, I've, and I think, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is, I think Ange has done that to a lot of players in the Celtic squad, that sort of Bobby Petter vibe, if you like. He's brought players like Ralston, for example. What did Ange do? Brought in Juranovic. Ralston's had the, you know, the month of his life. In comes the Croatian national. <laughs> Bobby Pettis having the season, like, you know, the three, four months of his life. In comes Alan Thompson with 200 Premier League appearances at 27, 20 years old, up and ready, you know, straight into the team. And that competition was based to try and get better out of Bobby. I mean, don't get me wrong, Tom will never give him a look in. But what I would like to think is the team right now, see what's your six points behind? You're far from the finished article. Not one of you aren't replaceable. Not one. If you keep that mindset, Celtic will progress as a football club. It's not about going into January. I, I love that. You know, I know the Jota thing's a big one in January. For me, if there's an option to buy on the guy, which apparently 
him and Carver, because there is an option to buy on both. We get first dibs. It'll then be basically down to the player if they want to join or yeah. not. So the Jota one's only important if you think, you know, January is feeling the love and he might go, do you know what, I'll sign. Or you hang off to the summer, use the funds otherwise, and give Ange more tools to win as a £40 million jackpot this year. And first and foremost, win the title back. You know, it's great yeah. talking about the £40 million jackpot, but I want the trophy first. The £40 million is just this added thing. Just a bonus. Just, it's huge, though, in football these days, the money side. And, and, and sadly, Scottish football's getting left behind, so we have to factor it in. But here's how I would flip it. You imagine the guy that we all hold in a huge high esteem, having won his title, and with a £40 million and a full summer, full transfer window at his disposal, but then you could be in for exciting times. Just want to touch on the fact about the three J-League players. There's no danger that can be all we do. And it worries me that you're of the mindset, kind of, that I am. That might be us thinking, that's us. You know, we got a job, a business done early. You always said we never did that before. And they think that's it. That Celtic team needs five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And they need to be Ange Postacoglu signings, not Dermot Desmond signings. Well, we know this. We know this. But the flip side is, if you actually watch Postacoglu's interviews, he seems very assured about the January transfer window. And the guy knows, I would like to think, that three players ain't going to cut this. Uh-huh. I think that he's acting assured. I think he's calling the buff a wee bit, if I'm honest. I think the three players are, as you say, the worst kept secret. It looks like they're all joining but I think Ange is acting assured because he's basically going, imagine if I don't sign anyone else. And look how assured I was in the lead up to the window. He's calling the buff a wee bit. And we need more than just the three for the right. J League as far as I'm concerned. But, and, and just finally, the COVID rules that we all know are happening, that could have been us. We could have been St Mirren. We were St Mirren last season. This all yeah. could start happening again. The squad depth has to be greater than what it is right now. I think that's what we're all quite in agreement. And I think, see, to be honest with you, I think that's pretty much one of the main reasons anyway that the Rangers did so well last season and this season. For me, they've got three players in each position. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, I had it last I... year and this year. And it's not, and, and what Russell's saying, it's not, I don't think they're losing out in quality either. They've got two or three players in each position that are pushing for that first team and that's the yep. reason they won the league last year for me and why they're in the position they are now if they, if they have, see if they have the injuries we have, I don't think it affects them half as much as it's affected us right, that's I, true. That's I a agree good with that are they up my arms about possibly not having a rebo? he's the only player that I think out of the three that Rangers will miss like is it Balogun, Aribo and is it Bassey? Ba- I Bassey, yeah, yeah. Balogun yeah, yeah. and Bassey are no constant first 11s. Aribo will be a big miss for them, but he can re- they can replace them. They've got other players there. I feel they come in and play against Hibs. Still do a job, know what I mean? He's not as good as Aribo, but he still do a job. Oh, but he's that's... annoying him. He oh, can't do a job. Stack him. Can he stack him? But that... But that's the thing. I mean, you were talking about their Russell. You said Dermot Des was signing. What was saying today, William, was the the jobs for the boys' club was back open and in, in full view. 
So it was, and Michael Nicholson was appointed permanent Celtic chief executive, as as if we all didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. But uh, off the back of the result last night, Anthony put in our group chat just simply again with that famous quote, read the room, Celtic. And again, for me, they failed to read anything. The modernization of the football club clearly isn't happening. You can see it from a mile off. Posta Cognos kind of took that on, all them rules on himself. We've seen in the statement that Chris McKay, the financial director, has been appointed head of finances with other executive duties. So God knows what that means. But how do you feel about this? Well, because for me, again, it's Celtic fans being so short. So, I mean, it's just an, it's another one where it's just like acceptance. Like everybody, you, you knew it was coming. Another internal appointment. My sister's granny's uncle's goldfish's cousin that I know is fucking. Um, I mean, he's been an interim charge for how long now? A number of months. He I number, has, yeah. I've, I, today was the first time I've seen a picture of him. If you walk by him in the street, I wouldn't even know who he was. There's, there's been no public, in it, there's been nothing from him at all. Spent it in hiding. Um, I don't, I, what can you say? It's just typical, typical Celtic at the at that level, the hierarchy. Um, it was always coming. Another yes, man. Yes, yes, sir, no, sir. Three bags full, sir. I mean, there's not much, much more to say on that. To yeah. be honest, yeah, I don't know what to say. For, it's just typical disappointment. From what I can tell, Russell, I mean, him and Peter all seem to have a close connection. And I've seen lots of people kind of saying, Lowell, Ken, that's his puppet. He runs him, so to speak. But you look at the guy, Michael Nicholson, and William said he's been a non, non-entity. He hasn't even come out with a, a statement. Like kind anonymous. Of, yeah, uh, anonymous, yeah, exactly. You <laughs> may as well wear that, wear, that, wear, wear, that, wear that wee mask. But looking at the appointment, we all knew it was going to happen. Dom, Dominic McKay came in. We were all happy about that. He seemed to have a forward thinking. Then it went wrong, pear-shaped. He's got a new job now, so fair play to him. But what what's going on within board level? Because for me, again, it's just a lack of engagement with the fans. Even the Higgins thing, they didn't even come out and directly clarify that. That was leaked for the press yet again, yeah. as you said at the top of the show. Where do you stand on this whole Michael Nicholson thing? I just think this is why I'm talking about the transfer window. I put up a gift when Celtic uh, appointed, you know, today, the announcement or whatever. And I, I you know, put up talking heads. You know, they get the singer for toys, same as it ever was. Yeah. Same yeah. as it ever was. Right now, what they've done is they're cashing in on Poster Coglu's loving for the fans. Poster Coglu is guilty of his soundness. Poster Coglu is guilty of uniting the support. <laughs> that is his biggest force. Because we've all now went, we've all went, oh, this is amazing. And they are just back up to their dirty fucking tricks. You know, there's. As for Eddie Howe, I think the guy's a bedwetter. I think he listens to Keen. You know what I mean? Some of them know all that shite. But I think the other thing is, I would say, the other thing I would say is, I think, I think Eddie Howe also looked at the board and was like, fuck this, I'll need a team behind me, an army behind me to have any sway here. Bostico goes out his own. He's united the fans. And the rest of those absolute clowns of the biscuits in around them are pissing themselves laughing. Now, the thing is about the J-League sirens, I touched on this on the, on the Boise bus. Subscribe. Uh, it was... <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, but basically, we, I just hope they're not smirking and thinking, if those three guys for the J-League work, we look like this forward-thinking progressive club. Right? 
who thought of these left field signings other than Glasgow Celtic? When it's all post Coglu, right? Yeah. See if they're all shite. It's all on post Coglu. Yeah. And yep. he will be hung out to dry. Yeah. And they'll say, we gave him all the tools he wanted. <laughs> he wanted to utilise that league. And this is where it all gets a bit murky for me in terms of why is a guy being promoted from within when the club was willing to accept to a crazy level complete changes, turnarounds, overhauls to get Eddie Howe. Post the doing well is going to fuck Celtic in the long term because they take it for granted and they want to keep the joy, the jobs for the boys and all that bullshit. And right now what you're seeing is they're doing it in such a way, even the timing of the announcement, it's all meant to be going under your radar. The Higgins thing they didn't even address, he fucking did. He right. sends yeah. out the tweet. And yeah. that is, I mean, this is, I mean, I own the business for six years. Your customer base is the most important thing. If they're stomping their feet and raging it, a barmaid they've appointed because she's, you know, I don't know, she was an arse in her previous life. You step up and listen, either justify it, you keep her, or you sack her on the base of, I'm going to lose these punters. You don't let the barmaid do the, the spiel. And yeah. you let them tell you what's going on. Oh, by the way, I'm not actually going to work at that pub anymore. And that, I just think that's hiding behind under rocks. It's just, it's naughty stuff going on right now. And I think Posty Cogley's biggest crime will be uniting the fans and be such a success that it has been so far because the board, when we get successful, take it for granted. Brendan Rogers. 100 million turnover, two years in a row, two Champions Leagues in a row. We, we squabble over 250 grand for John McGinn. You wonder why the guy's talking about Terminado. He's like, fuck this. You know, like, like I want to yeah. actually make a fist of it in the Champions League where you just hope and pray that we get there and bank the 30, 40 million. That, those guys haven't changed. This appointment doesn't change that mindset. It's promoting from within... And a club that's meant to be forward thinking with the appointment of Postacoglu, but really to me shines through that the appointment of Postacoglu was not by any of them, quite clearly a city group appointment, and he actually goes against the grain of where Celtic are trying to take Celtic. And it's tragic. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Ross, Russell makes a great point, something I actually never thought of in terms of Anne's doing well is kind of the board rubbing their hands because they don't really have the answer for anything. And you look, you look at this whole Michael Nicholson situation. Mackay leaving, that wasn't really, that was brushed over for personal reasons. No one will probably ever know why. Michael Nicholson comes in and, as Russell said, does invisible. No one knows anything about him. Barely addresses Celtic fans and we're expected again to pump money into the club. Season ticket renewals will be coming up again soon for next season. And it's just for me, the board, it needs an overhaul, but it, it just looks like it's never going to happen. Aye. I mean, well, it's like you say, like, I'm not privy with goes on in the boardroom and stuff but they had a guy in there Mackay who <clears throat> for the outside looking in looked everything certainly that I wanted our next chief executive to be uh, he was forward thinking he was trying to engage with the fans he was involved in us and it looked everything was looking good it looked like he'd appointed it was his choice to appoint Postacoglu and then it just goes to shit because <laughs> He's he's no he's he's too forward thinking for the board. He's no a, a yes man, if you like. 
and then eh, they get rid of him. How that came about, we'll never know. And then we get, like we've said, another guy in the position who has been there and is a yes man. What a quotation marks there, but <laughs> eh, I think they're needed. <laughs> but eh, aye, that, and it's like he's said that will he seen his face today? I've yet to see his face. I don't. I, I, I recognise him. They were by in the street. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Nah, no. Uh, but but they just, said, did you see the? Did you see the? the he's a he's a season. He's been a season ticket holder for years, and he's got a aye. Oh, fucking brilliant! That, that, that really, that, aye. That appeases me. me then. Aye, that's that, that's no. I'm not interested in that. Russell's Russell sounds can't gone. It's like it's like it's like what they used to say. I put myself on mute because I give a heavy breather, eh? and I'm like, I might sound bad in the pod. So I put myself on mute in between chat, chat and shite. But it's like what they used to say. It's like they used to say, Kenny Miller. I be works hard up front, eh? I fucking work hard. Doesn't mean Aye. I'm good enough to play for Celtic. Aye. You know, and this guy <laughs> might have been a season ticker, a season ticket holder. Doesn't mean he's capable of being your CEO. No, no. And how come if we've really cast the net? Are you telling me that was the number one candidate out there? Is no. that a forward-thinking club, or is that a club that's going? We're not hiding behind Ange. He's got the fans united. Aye. We'll get back to our old fucking dodgy tricks. I'm sorry for being so negative about it because the team, I feel like I'm identifying with again. The manager, I feel I'm identifying with again. Albeit, I don't subscribe to him being immune from criticism, which others do. But the board are still there to be held account. The exact mm-hmm. same way they were when we were 25 points behind the league. Mm-hmm. Don't let them fool you. It's like when it's like if you're it's like if you're da, it's like if you're like a car dealership and your sister's your sister had his boyfriend and was like, Go and give him a job ta. And he's like, Alright, okay, okay, we'll give him a manager's job. He's drove a car before and he, he he's got a license, so that's all we need. Aye. But it's 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 like similar to the Neil Lennon appointment, it's just like can he be bothered? We've just we brought that guy in on a term basis. But by the way, once again, I'm no privy to what goes on in the boardroom. And the guy, the guy could do an amazing job. I highly doubt it. For the outside looking in, we all know what it looks like. But he could do an amazing job. He could be brilliant. He could be better than Mackay. We'll never know that because Mackay, Mackay never got to fulfil his potential. Yeah. And I mean, obviously... For the people watching, can you tell it's Christmas? We're all happy as hell in here, aren't we? But again, Celtic do, do face a tricky time McDermott Park, William, on Sunday after Christmas. We'll try and wrap this up pretty quickly. So, pretty simple. 500 fans. These new restrictions have come into play. This is kind of the, the last game before the, the, the winter break that was brought forward. Do you think the 500 fans will have an effect on the team? Or do you think they'll just get through this game? It, it can be a tricky one. St. Johnson double winners, even though they're bottom of the league, they won two trophies last season, so it's not to be sniffed at going to McDermott Park. No, I, 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 we're obviously more capable of winning the game. They're not going great at the moment, um, but I would have said that last night at uh, St Mum, so anything can happen. I don't think they've got the capabilities to defend as a unit as as 
St Mirren did or, or Livy did, I think we can break them down, hopefully. So um I see it being a I see it being a fairly comfortable win. <laughs> but I've said that in the past and it's not went that way. Um I like you touched <clears> on that the, the, the change of the winter break, which I like I'm all for. Um I think it's probably the right thing to do uh in these times. Uh but I know like I've seen that there's <laughs> The, the Wednesday night that we've got the derby game, it looks like there's internationals for Japan and Australia. So mm. we, we might, and, and we cannot go into that game without Rogic and Kyogo. We just can't. Um, I think I've read reports today that, that, that Japan have already picked their squad for it and it's it's compiled just of players from the J-League. I'm hoping that's true because um, it means the wee man's here for the game. But Rogic, I've not seen any other reports. I mean, I, I seen Ange getting questioned about it after the game last night, and he's typical Ange fashion said something on the lines of, "We'll there's plenty playing their violins around. We're not going to be one of them, mate. We'll just get on with it. Um, if they get chosen, they get chosen." So, uh, St Johnston comfortable. I'm worried about us missing players for this winter break, but I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and Ross, what you said about the game. Uh, well, I, I fancy it'll be a comfortable win, and I'll, the reason why is because Angel alluded to in his pre-match press conference in the St Mirren game that Kyogo, they would have to manage him through this period because he's not fully fit. I think he's probably thought, depleted St Mirren, this is a game we can rest him. Evidently, we didn't get away with it, but he probably thought, they arrest them against a depleted St Mirren or they arrest them against a full strength St Johnson team. So, without hindsight, That's a I good think point, he's, actually. Uh, he's probably point, made, yeah. he's made the, the with, without hindsight, he's he's made the, the best decision for Kyogo and the team. And I think Kyogo will start against St Johnson. And when Kyogo starts, we're a different animal altogether. And I think, we we go and go to the McDermott Park and we win fairly comfortably. I think aye. But we Kyle think, team are a different team. Do you think that if if the news about the winter break came earlier that Kyle go would have played? Yeah. Against it, man? Absolutely. I agree. And what what you said, Russell, about the, the game McDermott Park? Well, the 500 fans should have no effect at all. It'll be the busiest the stadium has been all season, so... <laughs> Make it certain atmosphere should be electric, man, you know what I mean? I will smash them. Um, no doubt, so. uh, yep. uh, they'll yep. come back. I think, if I believe everything, and I want to believe in everything that we, we, we read and we love about Ange, he'll have every piece in the chessboard arranged to ensure we beat we beat St Johnston quite comfortably, and I think it's a landmark sort of match in the sense that we're going to break up for three weeks now. You f- you have to win. Mm-hmm. You have to leave on that high, create some doubt. And I, again, that's why I'm so upset about the Mirren game. But if we look at the St Johnston one, leave before the break on a high, do some damage, start putting some you know some feelers out there. That you know, we get we get knocked down, we get up again, as Chumba Wumba once famously sang. <laughs> right, quick score predictions, Russell, go for it. Three 0 William. Celtic. Yeah, 
William. 2-0. Comfy, 2-0. Ross? Comfortable, 2-0. 3-0. 3-0. I'll go 3-1. I think we're still making goals, so it's kind of one of them things that happens. Oh, yeah, that's guys, it was I've... no no the other night, man. Leaking goals. <laughs> go over. Go over. <laughs> we, still, we do still concede, right? That brings us to, that brings us to the end of the Christmas podcast. Uh, but before we go, the quiz is back. And I fought long and hard who it'll be between. <sighs> So I'm going to go for Russell and William. Russell and William <laughs> in the quiz tonight, Ross. You can be my uh, By the way, you've, you've picked the worst, the worst two because I would have beat the both of them, so that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like this guy. I like this guy. That's the right attitude. Yeah, man. <laughs> Ross can be my uh, John Beaton. Because my co-host John isn't available. So I told right. you the last time you done this to me, I was John Anderson. <laughs> right. right, it's five questions, right? You all know the drill. First to three, that kind of thing. He's ready. Nope. Ready? Yep. <laughs> Question one: What Celtic Academy player made his first start for Celtic against the Burn? One nil. One nil. What? Is it all buzzing that? No. No, no. <laughs> Second question. Russell, you should know this. You listen to this podcast. Come on, man. Second question. I thought I got a buzz on. Second question. What number does Moffat have in the back of his jersey? 57? No, 73. 2-0, William. Never. Not even close. <laughs> Very observant, William. <laughs> Anthony Ralston, another Celtic Academy graduate, had two loan spells at which clubs? Don't do it, Justin. Johnson, ah, well done. Two, one. <laughs> wow, wow. Do do do. Liam Scales was saying from which Irish club? Shell, it's Shadow Rovers. Two each. Oh, 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 you thought I was just when they oh, thought I was out, they brought me right back in. He's ready. He's ready. Are you ready? What number does Stephen Welsh have in the back of his jersey? 52. 53. No, one more guess each. It's 52. Huh? It fucking is. 57. Russell. Free two, Russell. Oh! 57. <laughs> it's no. Get it checked. I have it. 52. I have it. I have it. I have it. 57, man. You're a 57. Russell, what a comeback. What a comeback, man. I mean, I'm top of the leaderboard on the Boise bus and... You beat, you beat William in the quiz, so fair play. Yes. And obviously come to your that was, that come was to like you. the comeback against Aberdeen when Big Sammy scored <laughs> in the last minute. That's it, I know, Big <laughs> But oh. Russell, come, come, come with yourself. Game. I mean, we all, we all know now you've, you've got a brand new show up and running. It's, it's literally made waves on YouTube and every platform <laughs> and social media. For the people who haven't seen it, just tell us a wee bit about it. Boxy Boss, it's. Um, <clears throat> I just. Obviously, you fell out with the other pod, and you know you you kind of know your worth in life. Where you go, well, a lot of folk kind of liked your input on something that was getting you know ten thousand sort of views a day. So you think your own percentage that you've played in that, and if the guy wants to fall out with you, and I want to fall out with him, that's fine. That's life. No sour grapes. That's it. But you don't just give up. So basically, what I've created is just a. A Celtic pod that I'm kind of trying to do almost in a weird way, like a phone-in show, but 
because the <laughs> technology's moved on, it's just live comments that come in as we do it. And what I've tried to do by the bus sort of concept is if you're a passenger on the bus, you've got as big a say as anyone else. And we basically have a, it's an open forum. We do a Monday club. Um, oh, we do the odd like stream because folk like watching other people play games these days. So I thought because my actual audience, believe it or not, are all older than me. I thought a 20-year-old game like Championship Manager 0102, and we can sort of reminisce about, you know, that yeah. era in 2000. It was a great era anyway, um, that Martin O'Neill team. So we do a bit of that. And then at the weekends, as you know, Stephen, we do a double din show, which whilst we chew the fat over Celtic and all that stuff, we're also implementing the quiz. And again, just trying to... The way I see it is, what I learned from doing this podcasting game for the last year is the biggest winner has been yourself. Yep. Don't ever... And I think you guys are very much that. You know what I mean? I think that's what come, that shines through in this. These are all... I'm not saying like you're the most explosive characters in the world, but you're all real. These are very yep. real. And I think yep. that shines through. And I think that's a really good thing to have. And nothing I do right now will be filtered, faked, and at times, if I'm having a few cans of beer and I want to do a post-match, I'm not going to sit and be judged on that. Absolutely my call. And and you know what, I think, you tell me one, if you were going to the game, if you were going to the game, and still having a few beers on the bus there and the bus back. So, it's been the Boise bus, as it's called, I hope it doesn't come over egotistical because the actual concept is meant to be the bus is for everyone. Like you're on the like, okay, I might drive it, but really it's to have every passenger have an equal say. And we actually talk, the comments actually bring the show on the most. So I'm enjoying it massively. Once you get um, memed twice by a prominent Rangers Twitter page already, Kind of felt a bit validated by that, you know. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I've made it. <laughs> but, well, we're having a lot of fun along the way. It's a lot of power. But the Celtic chat is not on the level that it was tonight, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm enjoying it massively. And if anyone wants to subscribe or whatever, it's called the Boise Bus with an H after the B. <laughs> Perfect. So, as I said to you previously, you were the first guest on our, our audio kind of podcast platform. Now you're on video with us, and we greatly appreciate it, obviously. Well, it's good to see the evolution. Evolved. Good to see it. Sorry to interrupt, but it's good to see the evolution of what's happening with Celts as well, because it's quite clear there's a, you know, the, the path that you're on, you've grown steadily, but surely you've seen it change from audio to visual. You've seen sponsorship getting added on. And if I'm honest, I've got to pull up William, because William, to me, night and day from the first show we did together, I just think there's confidence there growing. That's a good thing, but that's a complete compliment I'm trying to pay here. Yeah, and I think you grow every, I, you know, I worked to you that on the first show, and nowhere, like, it's miles apart, and I'm saying that in the nicest possible way. I just think it's great to watch you as a host grow, Stephen. Obviously, all the contributors are all developer and that's what happens with it and enjoy the process 
or, or yes. keep faith in the process. <laughs> or as, as we're all saying this season, trust the process and again, trust muscle. the process. Yeah. What what, 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 once again, thanks for coming on. We're glad your boysy buzz pulled no, up at our stop. No. And to you, Ross and William, have you enjoyed this one? Brilliant. Uh, first class debate tonight. I really loved it. Superb, mate, as usual. I, I'd just like to read, I just like uh, Russell saying there that a wee Merry Christmas to everyone. And, and our wee pod is, I think we're at 600 subscribers now on YouTube and more and more listening and elsewhere. It's, Hit the fucking button. The fact, the fact <laughs> that we are, the fact that it's like just, if we started this in a lockdown and we all have a, it's like all the boys in the pub sitting talking about Celtic. We're just all daffy laddies, daft about a club and the fact that people listen in is just a bonus and it's it's great with the comments we get and the stuff we get and it's 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 more than I'd ever imagined this would be and aye. Uh, aye. so just superb Merry Christmas cheers troops yeah I, I thought it would I, I thought it would have died after I went on the first show but <laughs> no, 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 no. so did I mate. so did I <laughs> I thought I'd have been it but uh, I I'd just like to say Merry Christmas to everybody as well uh, and yeah. I hope they all have a good one yep and that's from everyone that in this end the sales podcast we wish you all a merry christmas a safe christmas stay well and keep safe heel heel <laughs>